Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Deitch. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest this week, but an excellent one. The topic, Shohei Otani, just join your team. How do you cover him? That is the topic of this podcast, and nobody better than my colleague at The Athletic, Fabian Ardaya, who covers the Dodgers for that publication, does a fantastic job. And we're going to get into a lot of stuff, including the challenges and opportunities of covering Otani, how this changes his job, a little bit on what he knew in terms of the Dodgers' pursuit and his thought process on that, what kind of access he anticipates he'll have to Otani during the year, what uh, what the Dodgers may be with his addition and maybe what they will not be. But one note before we start. So our interview concluded yesterday. And, um, or I guess, uh, yeah, you, you, when people listen, this will be two days ago. And <laughs> as the interview concluded, uh, Fabian broke uh, one of the bigger stories of the baseball year. And that is about Shoyotani's 10-year, $700 million deal and how it includes a series of unprecedented deferrals. So we're bringing him back. He's going to answer this question at the top, and then we will have a more traditional interview with him, but uh, but I had to get him back just so he could answer this question because the report just went viral. And with that, I bring in Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic. Have you gotten any sleep in the last 24 hours, Fabian? No, I've been told I'll be deferred in 2034. <laughs> I've heard that. The Athletic will be paying you starting in 2062, $700 million <laughs> for your story. Congratulations. Perfect. All right. So this, I mean, we've never seen a deal like this before. Um. Otani agrees to defer all but two million of his annual salary. That's sixty-eight million of his seventy million per year until the end of the contract. Um, the deferred money gets paid out without interest. It's uh, you know there's tax implications. It's unbelievable. So I just want to get a sense. You know, obviously you don't have to give your sort of how you reported this out, but like when you learned of this information, you must have been like, oh my god! Like I, I have a story here that. Um, 
is historically significant in terms of we've never seen a contract like this given we've never seen a player like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I was actually looking at sort of the CBA a little bit earlier in the day just because I had heard that there's going to be like more than half the salary was going to be deferred. So I wanted to look into that, see if that's something that I could bring up after the contract gets uh, announced, stuff like that, like sort of what the precedent is and some of the, the benefits for the Dodgers. And then all of a sudden, like, I obviously get this tip. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly unprecedented. I think it's, especially as you sort of look at the numbers and sort of hear, like, okay, 68 million of the 70 per year, like not 68 million period, but 68 per year. And then you start doing the math in your head. You're like, okay, like that's 2 million a year. And then I call, I call the person back. I was like, Hey, I heard that right. Like it's 2 million a year. Right. And they, they said, yes. So yeah, it was definitely something that it was difficult to wrap your mind around, even kind of understanding like what had kind of been out there about the contract and stuff like that. But yeah. It's, it's crazy. When you um, learn of this information, you're starting to sort of report it out and, and think about writing it. Do you, um, do you have, do you like, or how, how do you have to talk to somebody who's sort of a contractual expert? How did you, you like, you understand the news and you get the news. So how, how do you handle the contract part to maybe do an, do an explanation for an audience in terms of, okay, this is, here's why this can happen. Here's what this means. And here's what he may be paid, like ultimately down the road. Yeah. Like, so when I had been looking at some of the CBA stuff, just to look into that, like I was talking to Evan Drellick who covers uh, ba- business baseball for us and who wound up writing the explainer with me that night, just for like, all right, like how does this sort of work in the CBA? I'm like trying to read the CBA, trying to understand it. But he obviously, like he, he knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to that sort of stuff. So he was really helpful. I called Ken Rosenthal. Like, I think it was really a collaborative, collaborative effort in a lot of ways, just sort of, trying to figure out, okay, like, obviously we haven't seen this before. Like he's deferring more money in this contract than anyone's ever received in the contract, it, which is still jarring to think about. Uh, but yeah, like that, as soon as I sort of get off the phone the first time, like it's sort of just uh, popping back on the phone uh, with colleagues that are just trying to figure out, okay, like first let's get this news out there, like put into bright context and sort of understand, like, and then sort of figure out how we can expand it from there, which we did later on with our sort of more expanded story later that night. And then the last one I ask is this, uh, competitively now, what does this mean in terms of the fact that he's going to defer this money? I mean, you know, it doesn't sort of take a baseball genius to realize it, it, he, he has set up the Dodgers for massive success now heading forward because you'll have one of the best players in the game at, you know, on a, like a first year player deal, you know, you would know the baseball salaries. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's unprecedented. And you, the Michael Jordans or Leo Messi's of their sport don't sign for $2 million a year. Yes. So I mean, it's not necessarily a net $2 million a year for the Dodgers in terms of how they can spend in terms of luxury tax, uh, using for the present day value. It's worth estimated more at 46 million a year okay, for the right. luxury yep. tax purposes, uh, which obviously is still is a lot less than 70 million a year for luxury tax purposes for the Dodgers, which helps them a lot. Uh, I think if you look at it right now, specifically for like this next off season, as it stands right now, like there's the Dodgers are currently under the luxury tax threshold, which is crazy to think about the fact that they signed Shohei Otani to a $700 million contract and are still currently under luxury tax threshold. And that sort of paints a picture of like what the Dodgers still can and probably should do. I mean, they very clearly need to add pitching. Uh, they have stuff that they still have to get done even after signing Shohei Otani. And it, 
I don't think anyone expects them to stay under the luxury tax threshold. So like they, it definitely clears a path uh, for the Dodgers to keep spending this winter, next winter, and sort of in the future. Obviously, there's a bill that's going to come due eventually. I think you're sort of looking at like, okay, you're paying, I think, I think it's a combined like 800 or something million dollars in deferred money to Otani, uh, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman in the 2030s and 2040s. Uh, but like, this is a position where I think the Dodgers and Otani recognizing sort of like the position that they're in, like they, you have three of the top possibly like six players in the game under contract, all in their still technically in their primes. You kind of want to maximize this window. We appreciate uh, Fabian Ardaya coming back on to this podcast to give us an update on his massive breaking story that uh, you can check out on The Athletic. And now we will continue on with the interview we conducted right before he broke that news. So I really want to just start broadly. Um, you know, as someone who covers the Dodgers, like obviously this was a significant possibility. And now that it has happened in like very broad strokes, how does Shohei Otani coming to the Dodgers change your job? I mean, it's certainly, I mean, there's always kind of magnifying glass on the Dodgers, just even more so than like, uh, before this, I covered the Angels, which funny enough was with Otani. But like, it, that was a lot more like, I could be broad. I could sort of take my time with certain stuff, especially at the athletic where I don't necessarily like to write every single day. Uh, Dodgers was always kind of like every single day was, all right, how does this story of the day impact our chances of succeeding in October? Then all of a sudden you kind of like, like, you get used to like covering superstars, get cover Mookie Betts every single day, cover Freddie Freeman every single day, cover Clayton Kershaw uh, the last few years. But obviously, Otani brings something completely different. Where obviously a lar- much larger media contingent, there's a lot more details that you kind of have to look at, and especially with him this specific year, like he's going to be coming off a uh, major elbow surgery for the second time. Like that's going to throw off, throw in an entire new wrinkle into this being part of a new team. Well, like will he pitch again? What would that look like? Uh, what does the rehab look like when he's playing every single day? How does that impact the Dodgers in October? And like, how much do they do things differently than he did uh, in Anaheim? So, like, the fact that he is already so unique that everything about him is kind of different than your average player, that just throws into like, obviously, everything else that comes with covering the Dodgers, where, yeah, there's a lot of stuff already going on. So, for me, like, one of my thoughts when I saw this was like, the reality is you can have an Otani reporter and then you could have a Dodger reporter. If you were the athletic or any other place, I'm sure a place like the LA Times in some ways um, will do that. So, like, are you already? I mean, again, he's obviously, you know, we're a couple months away from spring training, but like, have you started to think about that? Like, like, how do I sort of cover this guy, but also I have a larger responsibility, right? My, my responsibility ultimately is the team. Yeah, I mean, that's something that, that's probably like an everyday kind of battle. Like, I think sort of like you mentioned, LA Times. Uh, I mean, there we have Dylan Hernandez, who was a co- longtime columnist there, who speaks Japanese, who's covered him since he was in Anaheim since before then even. So like, that obviously is something that's going to come in handy for them. Um, I mean, if you kind of look at it, like we're obviously you have to focus on covering this one guy because he's getting paid more than anyone else in the sport. But also the thing is that he doesn't talk that often. I mean, he hasn't spoken publicly outside of Instagram posts and stuff like that. And, that, and he spoke briefly after winning the MVP award, but didn't speak with reporters. He hasn't spoken with reporters since August 9th, which is before he injured his elbow again. Um, so like he is an interesting person to cover just because everything you kind of have to do is on the periphery and the Dodgers, there's already so much going on uh, where like, it's going to be not just obviously 
how if they can get pitching or whatever, all these sorts of different storylines. So also like, all right, you are adjusting to this new person on your team, someone who is uh, the highest paid person in sport who doesn't talk. Like I have to start asking these players about this guy as well and just sort of like understand, like try to figure out different ways on the periphery they can figure out more and more about this guy who's notoriously secretive when it comes to speaking to the media. So how does that functionally work? Like literally will will the PR staff, I mean, you could sort of use the Angels experience. So the, like, is he, he's, I assume he's in the locker room after games. Does PR just basically say like, he's not talking? Um, What happens like on, or what happened on days he he pitches? Um, Like how functionally can that happen where somebody just never talks to the, to the press? The way it worked uh, when I was on the Angels beat uh, from 2018 to 2021 was basically uh, it's well known that like just in the clubhouse, you can't grab them. Like there's no one-on-ones, nothing like that. Pretty much everything is in a group setting. He spoke after starts in a press conference room with his interpreter, Ipi Musahara, usually did an English language uh, scrum first and then spoke with a large contingent of Japanese media that follows him every single day. Um same thing, sort of like on the rare occasions after big hitting accomplishments, he'll do it. Sometimes where he's not really available, like PR will ask him the question and relay the answer uh, real briefly. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it is working around the guy. Like you, that's a lot of talking to the manager about him, talking to hitting coaches, pitching coaches, teammates, catchers, guys who can sort of describe what he's doing, even if you can't get him on every single on a daily basis. So he obviously will be in the clubhouse, like. He'll see us in there. It's just we can't really necessarily talk to him, especially much less on the record, uh, just about different stuff he's doing. Just because the way that they explain it is just it's because the routine of him being able to do both and stuff like that. But part of it also is like he obviously doesn't talk to the media that much. And part of that's his idea, his plan. So it, w- w- from your interpretation and then maybe obviously from maybe talking to those reporters, what's his relationship with the Japanese reporter contingent who um, who moved to California? to cover him like are there people who have better access to to him in that group just because of um language because maybe they've known him longer than the than the u.s based reporters i think just like what i've been able to gather just like my relationships with them in the past was sort of they ask about different kind of stuff than we do sometimes just because like they are trying to pry on every single detail of this guy because like he's and it's partially because they have to try to figure out like who this guy is, how they're going to write about this guy every single day, even if he doesn't play in the game. That's a story that they have to file that sort of day. Uh, so these are guys who have been trying to figure out Otani for years. Uh, I think in general, like obviously he's not giving exclusives to any Japanese, like individual Japanese reporters. A lot of it's done in group settings. And like you mentioned, like they've uprooted their entire lives basically to follow this guy around. Uh, and they have to find, try to find different ways to make it work. Do you think, um, where do you, you know one of the things I think that uh, was always kind of amusing to me was like supposedly like uh, a Chiro for like ever really was like you know um, could was absolutely fluent in English and like absolutely um, uh, could have done a ton of interviews but chose uh, clearly like for self preservation and maybe just to focus on um, not talking to the baseball media as much. Where do you think Otani is in this? You think to me. I think, and but again, this is just for me, ten thousand feet away. Like this is clearly strategy on his part, on his part in some ways, right? To not have, if you can avoid the distraction of daily press coverage, it, it it probably is a wise decision for an athlete to make. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that's 
partially self-preservation, especially just kind of knowing uh, how much he kind of has on his plate on a daily basis, especially when he, when he's healthy and able to do both. Like there's obviously a lot of different stuff that uh, speaking to guys who have been teammates with him, like just all the different stuff he's kind of doing on a single day, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around because even though these ball players are so like routine oriented, like he's a guy who, has a lot of his day consumed by being able to do essentially two jobs. So, like, and then speaking to the media is almost a third job in that sense. And obviously we know where it ranks on the pecking order. So yeah, I mean, he, someone who like, obviously it seems like his old angels teammates, like they loved him, especially some of the younger guys. They thought he was like pretty normal guy, joked around a lot, stuff like that and got along with them. And like, obviously learned English, uh, and speak Spanish a little bit along the way, but like obviously speaking to the media and just being a normal teammate are two different things. Um, you talk, you've talked a couple uh, now a little bit about the challenges of covering Otani, but there's also opportunities um, that present themselves for reporters. Um, for you, like, do you? I don't know I sort of phrase this. Like, the the reality is more people now are going to be interested in your work, just given the team that you cover. How do you feel about that? I mean, I wouldn't be speaking on this podcast if the Dodgers signed Blake Snell, for example. <laughs> True. I, I think like it's like obviously it's something that we're like he is a global phenomenon. I think more so than almost any player in the sport at this point, just because the uh, appeal even to casual fans, people that don't follow baseball, is so huge. Uh, like covering the Dodgers already was is already something where you can get a lot of eyeballs when you work. A lot of people care about the Dodgers; they're a global brand. But this is this is something a little bit different. I think obviously. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of opportunities. There's been books written about this guy. There have been documentaries made about this guy. People are interested in Shohei Otani, and obviously it brings more eyeballs to your work, more eyeballs every single day. And I think it's definitely something that even the previous skill, like covering the Dodgers, is probably bigger now just because he signed. How do you feel about having now covered baseball for a little bit? And um, you told me before we started, you've been covering since 2018. How... What's, what's your sort of interpretation of him signing with a franchise that already has massive star players, that's a massive market, uh, versus another franchise where he would be the singular star? By the way, I don't think that would have been the case in Toronto. I live in Toronto. There there are other stars here. It's a, it's a massive market. But I don't know. Had he gone to whatever, you know, sort of Team X, and he really is far and away like the star of stars in that dugout and maybe the star of stars in that city. How do you think? How do you think LA sort of plays in this? I mean, it definitely. I think it makes it a little bit of an easier transition. I think, in a sense, like even when he went to Anaheim, like, uh, like they had Mike Trout when they signed him. Like, and he was still trying to figure things out. There was a stretch there in 2020, especially like trying to come off the Tommy John surgery. Uh, the bat wasn't quite performing. Where he got benched like the last week of the season in 2020, and it was one of those things where, like, it was a real inflection point of his career was if he could figure it out, especially before that 2021 season. And obviously he did and his profile grew even further, but like, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that he was able to have that freedom and I helped him a lot in his career to be able to like, get his feet underneath him and be able to have the kind of season and production he has last three few years. And now I think going to the Dodgers, like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of global branding, a lot of different ways that the franchise can sort of use him use the star power to make a lot of money advertising stuff like that. But also I think it helps him in a sense where like he is obviously the guy for the Dodgers. The fact you don't pay 700 million to a guy to not be the guy, but like he's also in a clubhouse that has Mookie Betts, that has Freddie Freeman. Like there's already these guys who 
starred elsewhere who signed or joined the Dodgers who sort of almost feel like hired guns in a way that Shohei Otani would be. And like, I think that makes it easier to settle in a little bit. It makes it easier, makes it easier to blend in a little bit because there's, there's almost a little bit of plan already in place from the organization to help make that happen. Obviously, you have to blow things up way more for a guy like Otani, especially knowing the Japanese media contention that's coming with him. The fact that he's a huge, massive star, but the fact that like the Dodgers have kind of done this before, and like it's a city that like has a lot of stars, has LeBron James in the same market, has a lot of superstars in the same market. I think it helps a little bit if he wants to be a little bit more anonymous. Also, if he wants to like utilize that a little bit more, come out of shell a little bit more, and really be like this. Uh, superstar like beyond sport itself like he could probably do that in los angeles yo trey kevin what's up man you know i've been thinking what would have happened if the nba never vetoes the chris paul trade to the lakers and we get cp3 in the same backcourt as kobe in la well you get a very happy jack nicholson for sure and the lakers probably win a bunch more championships cp3 finally gets a ring or two or three and the kardashian empire is forever altered what did you just say hey everybody i'm trey wingo and i'm kevin frazier and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from wondery alternate routes as former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus all right, so before I ask you how um, you think it's ultimately going to play out in terms of, like, the baseball product, I do want to ask you about the sort of the crazy reporting on this and then obviously the, the Friday where there were some reports that came out, including uh, MLB Network, John Morosi, saying that Otani was on a plane. I mean, it turns out to be the plane ride from hell for, for Toronto Blue Jays fans. It never existed. But that was crazy town. I mean, really surreal. I personally found it, like, you know— hilarious and in many ways i get that it disappointed a lot of toronto fans so i i certainly feel from them but in the course of your reporting in the course of just being around the dodgers where were you in terms of of a prediction as to where he was initially going to go i think it was sort of one of those things where for years the dodgers kind of forecasted uh, like that this was something that they would like to do something that they would like to be at least prepared to be able to do and they've been interested in him since uh dating back multiple regimes in terms of interested in him as a player back when he was still in high school and they were looking at the assignment it's just a pitcher like this is a guy that they've tried this was the third time they tried signing him because it's high school and then 2017 and then now like this was something they had envisioned for a while something they've always kind of hoped they could do and i think it made a lot of sense to think of them as the favorites just sort of knowing what they could provide what they could offer and if he cared about winning like this is a franchise that is one more in the regular season than any team has over the last decade. So it's something that definitely was something going into last off season was framed a lot of my coverage. So like, all right, the Dodgers didn't really do much last off season in terms of spending a lot of one year deals, uh, a lot of sort of keeping things free and maybe, uh, maybe sort of not going all in on last year, even though they still managed to win a hundred games sort of with this in mind. So it was sort of always something where the Dodgers kind of had to go into this offseason doing something, uh, and especially Otani at the top of that list, and obviously they've done that now. 
so when everything is sort of going down on that Friday, and is I don't know if you were on social media, but there's you know there are um, <laughs> there, you know as what always happens, we're sort of getting into like insanity world where people are tracking flights. There's you know like rumors of uh, you know Blue Jays players um, uh, <laughs> setting up like big restaurant reservations. Obviously, we had the report from uh, MLB Network and Dodger Nation. So at any point of this. Like, did any of that, and you're probably doing your own reporting, um, like, did any of that sort of shift your thinking at all? Like, oh, man, like, maybe there is some smoke here, and maybe the Dodgers are not, um, they're either the co-favorite, or maybe they're no longer the favorite. Like, how did you see that Friday when everything sort of was was really crazy? I think just kind of knowing this would be a different free agency, just from the way clubs were approaching it, the way his agents at CEA were presenting, like, we're sort of going forward with it, like, I think knowing how much secrecy was kind of going to be involved in this, like the fact that like Dave Roberts saying on the record that they met with him was sort of like met with all this sort of backlash. Like it showed, showed sort of how crazy and out of proportion this has sort of been. I think sort of seeing that stuff, obviously like I was, I mean, I was, I had just come from the Nashville winter meetings and then I was going to a wedding that night when all that stuff was going on. So I was like really on the phone with uh, sources as I was getting ready. Like I was just trying to, I was really, stressed out as all that stuff was going on, just trying to figure out what was going on. But I think in the back of my head, prevailing thought was like, all right, if all this stuff is kind of trickling out, it almost made me think that we're not going to go in that direction that things seem to be moving. Cause I, it just didn't seem like that's how the announcement and stuff like that was going to roll out, whether it leaked out unintentionally, like where the camp didn't want it that way. Like, sure. Like it's still, I still could have seen that happening, but I feel like, as that Friday was playing out, I think, especially with how it finished playing out, I think it almost made him winding up with Los Angeles make a little bit more sense to me, where it's just, like, this was kind of the way it was always going to happen. I think it was always going to happen where Otani announced it himself, where his agents sort of put out the terms. It was always kind of going to roll out that way, which, as a reporter, like, you're still obviously trying to do your due diligence, dig on what's going on, trying to figure out if he's on a plane, uh, all that sort of stuff. But I feel like that was sort of how... I always kind of envisioned it playing out in the first place. Did you ever get confirmation that he was not on the plane? Uh, I I was never given any indication that he was on the plane. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll sit, say I'll it like that, that way. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, clearly he wasn't on the plane. Um, yeah, clearly he wasn't. Uh, what, um, what did you make when you saw the dollar figures coming out? Uh, it was certainly something. Like I think uh, I was kind of expecting something in the five, something maybe in the sixes would have been like, okay, like they really made a push especially late to make sure he got some number. I think that when you sort of look at some of the other like details behind the sticker shock, uh, some of like the deferrals, stuff like that, how he structured the contract to try to help the Dodgers still continue to spend. It makes a little bit more sense. Like, but yeah, I mean, 700 million is 700 million at the end of the day. Like that is a jarring figure. And when I was like, okay, I didn't, I knew the Dodgers would go there spending wise in terms of being able to match whatever was thrown out there, but still, considering where the Dodgers spending had sort of been in free agency, like they have shelled out big contracts for sure. They've shelled out large payrolls for sure. But in terms of free agents, uh, like it's hard to really put your finger on how that goes. Like um, Mookie Betts was a guy they traded for and then extended Freddie Freeman. They signed because partially because his market cratered a little bit uh, after the lockout, after the Braves traded for Matt Olson, like they, they've been opportunistic and waiting on things to fall into their lap. But to go out and just go throw the number out there and get the guy, like that obviously surprised me a little bit, knowing how much they sort of covered it in. Yeah. And you don't really, 
I mean, you know, he doesn't really cost you assets. He costs you money. I mean, I guess he costs you assets in terms of obviously getting the roster spot to free him up, but um, but it's an incredible move. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, so let's let's talk about, and we'll finish on this topic. Let's sort of talk about like what happens on field. So the the schedule, at least as of now, is that he will he'll hit this year. He, he's not going to pitch in twenty twenty four, and he and his camp are saying he hopes to pitch in twenty twenty five. You know, we'll see what happens. But if you add him to the lineup, um, the lineup obviously, you know, especially like the top three or four is incredible, best in baseball feels like. But I mean, the Dodgers still have pitching issues, right? Like the, the, the what's yeah. interesting to me is like they're in some ways, there's like now going to be a perception that these are the World Series like favorites, but you can also make an argument that they're not at all, just given the other, you know, the the other side of the field. So, how do you, what, what kind of impact if you? And again, I realize we're so early, and I would never hold you to this, but like if you're making a guessing game on December 11th as we're taping this, like what kind of impact is he going to have on them? Wins losses after next year alone, like, I feel like. In terms of regular season wins, I don't know. I mean, they won 100 games last year. Is the thing, and they 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 lost some pitching pieces at, at, like this winter. Like they still have moves to make, uh, especially on the pitching front. Like, I think they have to come out of the next couple months with one, if not two, more starting pitchers. Uh, whether it be on the trade market, some guys are obviously a lot more expendable now that you sign Shohei Otani for the next decade. So, and that can help you uh, make some pitching moves. But yeah, they, they absolutely have to make some moves on the pitching front in terms of like regular season wins and losses. I don't know how much of a difference it really makes. Uh, I think they're still going to win the division. I think they're still should be seen as favorites to win the division. The biggest thing, especially for the Dodgers after these last couple of winter uh, off October's is how is Shohei Otani going to look in the playoffs? Um, he obviously hasn't played in the postseason with the angels. Obviously we saw it, got a little bit of a taste of it in the world baseball classic, just what he can do on the big stage. But, and this is a Dodgers team that's won 211 regular season games the last two years. And, one playoff game in those two years, including like losing to two different teams that barely snuck into the postseason. Uh, I think the biggest thing is can he perform in October? Can the Dodgers get something going in October to win their first title outside of the 2020 bubble title since uh, 1988? So, like, obviously, like, I think the Dodgers as an organization are proud of that 2020 title. I think there's merit to that being a really important title to end the drought to be able to say that this group uh this run was sort of satisfied with a title but i think there's a lot of uh raves comparisons that get thrown around the last couple years just after losing the postseason so i think if they can sort of knock it off with another win uh, i think that'll certainly help ease some tensions in los angeles what's interesting to me and this again i'd sort of take it from a nationalist perspective and thinking of viewership is I don't really think Otani is going to move the needle that much during the regular season. I think like people will be very interested in his early season games that are in national windows. That that Soul Series is a, a bit of a caveat because that's a 6 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific time start uh, for the two games in Korea. I don't know if you're going to be traveling there. Uh, um, if you do, that'd probably really be a cool reporting trip. But, um, but in terms of a television, it's obviously not the most ideal time slot for um, – 
for Otani's Dodger regular season debut. I do think people would be interested in his first couple of games, again, that might appear on Sunday Night Baseball, et cetera. But I, I don't know. You know, we, we've we seen him. It's not like we don't know who he is and and people, like, you know, haven't watched him play. But you sort of got to it. Like, where I feel like this guy could have a massive national impact on baseball is if he makes the, the championship series and the World Series. Because, like, that's one thing that would be, I think, very interesting to casual fans would be to see, like, the modern-day Babe Ruth playing in a World Series. So, in some ways, and this sort of this is my long way of getting um, saying this to you, is, like, in some ways, he almost has to, I feel like he has to make the World Series, or the Dodgers have to make the World Series during his run for to justify sort of all this. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like they, I think you kind of look at like this last decade, especially since Andrew Freeman took over. Like they made the World Series three different, uh, yeah, three different times. They won one, but like still, like I think you kind of look at it like, all right, like what's the next, like everyone sort of looks at it like, what's the future of this Dodgers run? How long does it last? And I think now you look at it like, okay, they've shelled out big contracts to guys like Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts who are in their 30s. Shoei Otani's going to be in, in their 30s. If you're looking at it from the Dodgers standpoint, like they kind of have to, like it's, cliche to say it's world series or bust but like it is like this is a team like those are the stakes like they've made winning the division the expectation as difficult as it is to do year after year like they have the expectation is to do more than that to do better than that to make it to the world series and they've come close and i think you sort of saw before 2020 when they traded for mookie best like they feel like he was the piece to put him over the top they won the world series otani is sort of like that except magnified obviously just because of the contract because of the player because of the impact he can have if the Dodgers win a world series with Shohei Otani under their contract like under contract obviously being able to do it being able to play it up everything that goes with it like that's going to be huge for the franchise like, even like even more so than obviously knowing the Dodgers as a global brand they are like that does huge things even beyond that just because of what he means outside of the United States outside of baseball passion drive and patience What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Last one for me, and this is, a, this is you can answer this because you're local, I'm not. But, you know, Los, even we mentioned this a little earlier, like Los Angeles is a city of stars and there's so much to do. You know, whether it's if you're a basketball fan, you're watching LeBron. Um, there's a lot of sports, obviously, but it's also, you know, so much entertainment. It's a beautiful place to live. So people are going out. There's the beach, et cetera. Like, what do you think realistically he means in terms of like local viewership for local uh, regional Dodger broadcast? Because they, they're, they're already, I mean, I know they've had their history of, it's you've had trouble seeing them sometimes but but like you know what i'm saying like they're already a very popular team like i wonder w- would he being there like attract that many more casual fans to watch i, I maybe and maybe the answer is yes but i don't live there you do what's your what's your thought on that i feel like within la i don't i don't really know if it changes too much just because like this is already a lakers and a dodgers town largely 
but I feel like it's sort of beyond that. I think you sort of look at like in a lot of ways, the Dodger market matters, mattered a lot in Japan already just because they own Nomo, they have a strong history of other pitchers like Hiroki Kuroda have come over there. Yu Darvish pitched a half a season there. Like they've had popular and productive Japanese players there, but having the most popular Japanese player, uh, possibly the best Japanese player that's ever come out of the country as part of the Dodgers, like I feel like it, it's more about like the casual fans outside of Los Angeles. I, know I think yep. kind of looking at it already, like they've already like the foothold in Los Angeles is already huge for the Dodgers. Like, like will there be some uh, like added fans like because of Shohei I'm sure a few in LA, but it's not I mean nearly as much as it is outside of this market. Will you be as of now? You think covering the Soul Series March twentieth, twenty first to open the season? Uh, they haven't given me one indication or another, but I feel like uh, I mean that be his first game with the Dodgers. I, I feel like that's something i can use my favors when i put in the uh travel request <laughs> that's cool have you been to south korea ever have not i've wanted to i haven't been i've been wanting like some of the things i've wanted to do on my bucket list or going to a kbo game and the mpb game so i feel like that i don't know if this one necessarily counts maybe the exhibition games against kbo teams will but uh yeah that'd be cool see this is is this not an example of shohei otani having an impact on someone's life merely by signing like you, you're one of yeah, you know, the, the great thing about him is there'll be 100,000 stories like yours. You're a little more prominent, obviously, because you're covering the Dodgers for a known publication. But do you know what I mean? His moving there yeah. means like so many lives have sort of changed. Interestingly, obviously, in the reverse, people's lives in Anaheim may have changed as well. But, uh, um, you know, without obviously being uh, in charge of the books at The Athletic, I'm going to predict you will be in Seoul. Uh, come great. Uh, March 20th, 21st. We love it, uh, enjoying uh reading that um all right well i'm gonna check back with you um for uh uh at some points during the year um but you know remember at some points to get some sleep uh, you know i'll you, try you, you, you can't you can't I don't know if you can go 220 straight uh uh days um doing this um fabian ardaya is the dodgers reporter for the athletic um he already had a pretty significant beat just given the dodgers premiering glamour teams in Major League Baseball, but it has now changed, and I think in some ways, like, um, you know, he's covering, like, his sports version a little bit of, like, the, uh, the uh, you know, 96-97 Bulls, uh, depending on what happens, or, or name your sort of team where they have, like, uh, national appeal of the Heat, basically, when they have LeBron, Bosch, and, and Wade. Um, I'll definitely be reading your stuff, man. It's really, really exciting. Um, you do a great job, and, and I admire your work a lot, and, um, and I think it's going to be exponentially red now over the next couple of years. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. All right, back in the studio. If um, you like these kind of conversations, head to the archives. Uh, hopefully there'll be things there. Last podcast before this was Laura Rutledge of ESPN. Uh, great feedback on that. Ernie Johnson, inside the NBA host, was uh, on this podcast recently. Had um, Randy Scott, a conversation I really enjoyed. Uh, about uh, his uh, mental health struggles, Sports Center anchor Randy Scott. Uh, and again, there should be um, plenty of stuff in the archives for, uh, for your interest if you are into sports media. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for his hard work. Thank you to everybody at Odyssey for their support. And thank you for listening. See you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.